0: my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. (laughs) Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time, for the listeners that didn't get to go, this is the payback. Alabama wins. What you did last year really doesn't matter.
1: Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. All Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And fans, have we got a treat for you. We have Porter Hayes with Hog Talk Podcast, uh, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, we're on uh, sort of calling the hogs tonight. Great conversation about uh, some of the developing stories off the field in Arkansas, uh, as well as developing uh, emerging stories on the field. So it's a really fun conversation. Porter really knows his stuff, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So uh, on to the interview. Go. All right. Welcome back, Alabama fans, and have we got a treat for you. We've got Porter Hayes with Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Porter, how are you tonight?
0: Doing good. I, I really appreciate you having me on, uh, talking about uh, the, the Razorbacks this season. Uh, I know we're we're on a four-game skid right now and looking to hopefully get get off the skid, but it's always tough when you're. You're you're playing Alabama, and that hasn't happened many times in Arkansas's career beating out Alabama.
1: Yeah, you know I was going to start. I was going to start there, and I was going to promise I've got friendly questions. But on a four-game <laughs> skid, they they may not always you know sound so nice. But uh, you know a couple of close ones, a couple of close losses there. Uh, what's the fan base? What's the what do you think the mindset of the fan base is? You start out two and zero, and then drop four in a row. Coming to Tuscaloosa, probably not where you want to go in this situation what uh what do you think the the mindset there is the amongst the fan base
0: spiraling ah. uh i mean uh, to be honest uh you've got uh the offensive coordinator emailing students you've got strength and conditioning coach's wife uh saying people aren't loyal and if you can't support them when they lose don't support them when they win uh you've got the, the head coach deactivating his Twitter, the quarterback deactivating his Twitter. There's, uh, it is so much going on off the field. And and that says a lot because that is overtaking on what's going on on the field. Yep. And, and that's, that is a recipe for disaster. If you, if you're trying to really get off, you know, you're trying to get your traction, especially in the sec. And then you've got all this off the field stuff that you're dealing with and trying to compete in the sec there was just so much promise coming into this year. Let's be honest. His fourth year, you know, they had the nine-win season a couple years ago. They kind of went back. This is that proving year of, all right, you know, let's get back on track. We've we seen a favorable schedule. Beat BYU last year. You let them manhandle you. There was a lot of questions even against Western Carolina. There was questions against Kent State with the offensive line. All the red flags – were there at the beginning of the year, and then when you start playing big teams, they come to fruition.
1: You know, you mentioned Sam Pittman, is his fourth season. There was an interview clip uh, I saw of him today. Uh, he looked tired. He looked uh, a little bit beleaguered, uh, but he seemed confident, you know, there at the end, that he has a good team that's just underperforming, uh, better than than maybe what America thinks. Uh, what's the read? What's the pulse on uh, Sam Pittman? You know, from a distance, he's everybody's favorite uncle. Everybody loves him, you know, cold beer and such. But up close, a little more up close and personal, what's the fan base, you know, four years in in this type of situation? Uh, is, there, is there a hot seat situation or what's uh, what's the fan base thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's starting to get warm. I mean, and it's going to get warmer the more you lose. I mean, you, you got to look at you know he's got a he, he's got a contract that's paid by performance. You know if 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 you he goes four and eight this year, he drops below five hundred as a record. They could very well buy him out because he only gets fifty percent of that buyout. I mean, that's just how his buyout is constructed. It's still it's a lot of money. I think it would be around 15, 16 million when it comes to that, it's sad that we are even having that conversation. Uh, there's people that are wanting Dan Enos. First year as offensive coordinator, got hired in January. They're already calling for his job. That, that's just how passionate this fan base is. And I'm not saying Arkansas is any kind of level of Alabama or Auburn. But you put those two fan bases together, and that is the passion that Arkansas has. We don't have a pro team. So everything revolves around everything Razorbacks in the state of Arkansas, and they're very, very passionate, win or lose. So you add social media and add that gas to the fire, I mean, again, you know, it's one of the things that for a couple of years they gave him grace, but it also, you look at when, I know this is a hot topic too, you look at what Dion's doing in, in Colorado, yep. you see what Venables is doing in Oklahoma, you see what Brian Kelly did at LSU. You're seeing these short-term coaches having success, and, and there's a lot of talk now. Was, was that nine-win season a fluke? Was that just a, a by chance that that happened? Was it a lucky nine-win nine season? Because now we're seeing seven, six, seven wins, and now we're looking at maybe four to five wins. So a lot of that, those ingredients – and plus, just the whole history of Arkansas as a whole, not having, you know, we, after the Bobby Petrino situation, and you had Brett Bieleman, then John L. Smith, then Chad Morris years, then you finally have what you think is going to be somebody who's going to lay that foundation, get Arkansas back on track. And here we are again. It's just a lot of bent up frustration ever since Arkansas has come to the SEC. Now it's starting to boil over.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Arkansas truly is a a proud fan base. I think, you know, deserves more. And and I know that they're uh, they're hungry for more. Talk about, uh, you know, maybe just the latest chapter in the the Dan Eno situation. You know, it's kind of a lot of a lot about nothing, but it's also a really bad look, you know, especially what's going on. What's what's uh, with with the team? What's sort of the latest chapter of uh, of that saga?
0: Well, I mean, they did. I mean, this is how fanatic. Arkansas is they 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 foiled his emails they asked for a freedom of information act on his emails to prove and confirm that it was actually him all right so that tells you right there that's the next chapter of that email situation they don't of course you probably know dealing with media and dealing with press conferences they don't let the coordinators speak during seasons so we haven't heard anything out of him other than him blocking a lot of people on social media that are coming after him. Um, But, you know, from what Coach Pittman said, he believes in his coaches. He believes in his coaching staff. I honestly don't believe that Sam Pittman is the guy that is going to throw his coaches under the bus. He will deal with that after the season or behind closed doors. Sam Pittman is honestly, he would fall on the sword and then deal with the consequences other than throw his coaches under the bus. That's just the type of person he is. But he's also got to remember – I mean, you look at we, – we lost Browse and Odom. And then you bring in Enos. It, yeah. it, he is a, running a different style than Browse. So, the guy's only been here since January. You're trying to ins- install a new system with a, a third-year quarterback. And then your offensive line is not blocking as well as they should. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Um. That, that hurts you. So I, I would say 50 50 is on him. 50% is on the execution. You look at the, the game against um, Ole Miss. You know, KJ Jefferson made two bad reads on two bad throws and almost had a third one picked off. So you can't put that on. You got to call a spade a spade. You can't put that on Enos if, if you're not executing. Danny Enos is out there and you can drill it in somebody's head as much as you want. Don't jump off sides, but you've got one guy that continuously jumps off sides and throws flags in a, a drive that was deep in the opposing territory. Now you're backed up in your own territory. You, that's not on the coaches. So you get you got to give credit where it's due, but something about this is not mixing. It's not matching. And look, to be quite honest. KJ is probably more than likely going to be gone next year. So are you really willing to throw away your coaching staff and start everything over with a brand new quarterback, which unless they go get somebody out of the portal will be Jacoby Criswell, who went to North Carolina, or do you give Sam Pittman one more year to try to really bond and get things together?
1: Well, that's a lot. To, uh, that's a lot to think about. That's a lot of, uh, you know, conversations that will take place over the the coming weeks and and certainly uh, into the off season. You know, I do want to talk about KJ Jefferson. Last time he last time he came to Tuscaloosa, uh, he absolutely absolutely shredded the Alabama secondary. And uh, of course, that was two years ago. Uh, talk about and and maybe this is you know spanning out a little bit. But talk about KJ and what he means to the Arkansas program and and uh, you know what he brings uh, chances wise to, for the uh, Arkansas the rest of the season.
0: Well, and and we'll just talk about the Alabama game. And, and Arkansas has had some bad teams. I mean, even under Chad Morris years, have fought tooth and nail with Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I want—I can't remember which year it was, but it ended up being like a thirty-point win Alabama's way. But it was a lot. I know this is kind of moral victory kind of talk, but Alabama didn't pull away to the very last minute. Yeah. And even last year's game with Milrose. If it wasn't for that long third-down run from Milrow and they just opened it up after that, that was a close game. This is always a close game between these two teams. It's going to – and plus, no matter – and I know know, Alabama's got a lot of flack. They got put in the corner because, hell, let's be real. If Alabama loses two games, the dynasty's over. You know, I, I wish we had that problem where if we lose two games, the dynasty's over. Right but you've got Arkansas backed into a corner and you can only get hit so many times before you start fighting back. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a game that they just come out like Rocky Balboa, start swinging and pull off a win and really get their confidence back. And it, it, it it comes to really show them that they can put together a season and, and, get to a bowl game or salvage what could have been a three win, four win season and turn it into a five or six, you know, because going back to KJ, you know, he he's been here through thick and thin and, and you hate somebody that means so much to this program in in the state of Arkansas, you want him to go out one bang. You want him to, because yes. he's breaking all the, the career records at Arkansas, and, and what is that going to mean if you end up going four and eight your last year at Arkansas? You know, it's a disservice to him because he's meant so much to this university and really helping bring this program back to where it was or back to where it is and to see it slide back. I mean, I really, I really, really hate it for him. So hopefully, you know, it's going to take some guys stepping up. I hope it's, he's one of them that really says, Hey, look, let, let's get it together Let's turn this thing around because I don't want to go out. I want to be remembered as one of the greats. And I can't be remembered as one of the greats if we finish this season four and eight or five and seven.
1: Yep. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You mentioned the offensive line reorganized uh, or sort of reshuffled the deck at halftime, uh, you know, last week. Cole Kublik, uh, specifically at halftime, was like, I don't know what I think about that. But as the half wore on, he said, hey, maybe this was the right change. Maybe we're seeing something here. Uh, Arkansas scored some more points there in the second half. Uh, is, do, you th- do you think that's, uh, you know, not all the work's done, uh, but do you think that was the right decision, the right turn was made there, uh, or is it still too early to tell?
0: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, because, I mean, the offensive lines had problems. It, it, and that's the thing. Yes, they're all they need to do is get push, and stop with the penalties. I mean, that if you just eliminate the penalties, you have a chance. You looked at the game a couple weeks ago, they had no penalties. Yes. You know, not a single penalty. Um, An A&M game. So, you you look at that game, and you're in there. I mean, you look at the fact that if you're blocking enough to where KJ just has a couple of more seconds to throw the ball, and he's not pressured because – The way they're blocking, and we talked about this on our show last night, it's almost like this V formation that's being formed when they block. And you've got guys that are two, three yards behind KJ as they're blocking, so he's forced to go up the middle. He don't have a way to get outside and run out of the pocket. It's either you're passing in the pocket or you've got to do a quarterback draw up the middle. He doesn't really have any options. So, and if he's lucky to get outside the pocket – you're being chased down, and then that's where he's still forced back in and getting sacked. I mean, he's I don't know, other than Spencer Rattler, I think he's the most, most sacked quarterback in the in the SEC. Um, and and take away South Carolina's first game where I think he was sacked nine times. So he I could I think he might be the most sacked quarterback in the SEC right now as we stand. I, I hadn't looked at the stats, but it's between him and Rattler but looking at the offensive line they have to get they got you talk about last year you know the South Carolina player said drop your nuts and play it's It's. you got to have that mentality of you are your worst enemy when it comes to you're getting out of this rut and i think there comes a time like i just said with the corner and, and you're only get hit so many times i think something's got to finally click and and block because i'm telling you you you're not going to survive a game like the Ole Miss or LSU or the AM game against Bama because you're playing in Tuscaloosa, a, a place you haven't won in over 20 years. This is not a game where you need to try to fix things at halftime because if you're going to wait till halftime, it, it could be 28-35, nothing before we even blink.
1: No, that's fair. Um, you know, Milrose got a number of sacks. I don't know where he would rank, but uh, he'd be he'd be up there as well. And, uh, you know, watching uh, Pittman, Pittman, the other, uh, it was the post game, uh, not earlier today, but the post game, uh, you know, he was, he, he just didn't have the answer. He said, you know, we didn't have any false starts last, uh, last week. We had six today. How do you fix it? And, uh, you know, Alabama fans, uh, you know, we can identify with that. I think we had 14 penalties against AM Saturday. I think nine of them were uh, uh, pre-snap penalties. And uh I think every one of our linemen had at least uh one false start. Uh we had one drive where we had three on we had three consecutive on a on a drive. So if Pittman gets that figured out, man, hey, let us know. Let us know. We could uh, hope he could certainly benefit by uh by that as well. Hey, let's talk about uh you know something good against Ole Miss. Uh Ty Washington, tight end uh Ty Washington, yes. he burst on the scene. Uh, you know, two touchdowns, seven catches, 90 yards. It's uh was it a favorable, favorable matchup? Uh, against Ole Miss, or was it just, just turned loose and let play? It, it's almost
0: like, and, and this is just going off history of football. You know, it's like a quarterback. You have no film on him. So you see a quarterback ball out two, three games, and then you finally get some film on him. You start keying on him. Well, they lo- lost Luke Haas. So, you know, Arkansas didn't have for sure a tight end. And and you everybody can say now, well, hey, he should be. Of course you're going to say that when – he, he had a good game. Um, but he's got the confidence. He So now let's look and see when people are keying on him and know to guard him. It's like in basketball you, you leave this guy open, you don't have a scouting report on him, and he drops 25 on you. Well, about the 13th point, you start putting a defender on him and then you see what he's like. Right. I, I think that's also the biggest thing, too, is, you know, well, let's see how he does blocking. Let, let's see how. The blocking aspect, because Arkansas is still going to try to establish that run. You know, that's just Arkansas's identity, and having a guy like Ty Washington be able to, because Enos wants to run that. When he was here in Arkansas the first time, that's what he wanted to do: get the tight ends, two tight end set. And to me, uh, Mike Irwin, another one of our, our um, announcers or, or TV guys here, they were talking about next year and having Haas and Washington that two t- tight end set along with some of the returning wide receivers that could really give Arkansas a boost when it comes into next year in the progression. But yeah, he was a breath of fresh air because, I mean, he was that offensive spark that we needed. And that was, again, you finally go under centering on third and one and get that first down that everybody's been yelling and screaming for the coaches to run a quarterback sneak with a 240-pound quarterback. Then you see that momentum, but it's like, you blow up this balloon, you got the momentum, and then the air gets let out. And and we did that against um, BYU. You had a 14-point lead, a 10-point lead. You lost both of them. You see this momentum against Ole Miss, and then they score right back. So, it's if Arkansas can put a complete game together, they can win some of these games they've yes. lost. But, again, you're asking them to do this against one of the top teams in the country, in Alabama, and no matter what, coach speak you want, you look at the side of that helmet and you see that number, you see that Bama on the chest, you're still looking at Bama. That's they've earned that respect until it's the dynasty's over with.
1: Nope. it's uh no, that's fair. You know, I was wondering uh against Ole Miss uh if Pete Goldman wasn't running that uh defense where they don't cover the tight end. Uh he picked that up at Alabama and yep. uh and so uh Ty Washington may uh may have another big day Saturday. Uh Andrew Armstrong had a, a big day leading receiver. Uh, who are some of the other skill position players that uh, Tide fans should uh, be on the lookout for Saturday? You, you've got to throw in um, Isaac
0: Tesla. It, it, it's how he spells it and how it pronounced. It, it looks like Tesla, but it's Tesla. Uh, he's dangerous. Now they've been really kind of covering him up and wrapping him up late, really, really covering him up. And, and he's had a couple of drops again. Again, if these guys get their confidence back, they could be a dangerous team. Another athlete to look for, Isaiah Satania, he, he's a punt returner, but sometimes they try to put him in a, in a slot. They try to do some reverses with him, let him run the ball. Uh, and he's one to look out for. Of course, the running back, A.J. Green, Rocket, Sanders, DeBinion, Rashad DeBinion. You know, I mean, that is what has been the most disappointing thing about this season is you got a returning quarterback. You were slated to have one of the top quarterback running back duos yeah. in the country. Of Course, Rocket gets hurt in the first game of the season in, in Little Rock, but you've got Armstrong, you've got Washington, Tesla, just a, Jaden Wilson. And he's shown you know where he can get out and, and get speed. AJ Green, as I've noted, i mentioned before, you've got some guys that are you know that got track speed. Yep, and if they get out in the open, they are dangerous.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some talent. Let's flip the field and uh and talk defense. I'm looking at the, the stat sheets. What I'm perceiving is a very active defense. I see sacks. I see turnovers. Yes. I see touchdowns. Are you basing out of a nickel? Is that are you kind of running a full time nickel there?
0: He, he's trying to do you know pretty much dominant four four front. Then he he tries to switch it up. But he's doing a lot of blitzes, skiing blitzes. Uh, he's actually got you know Williams Travis Williams has brought in a breath of fresh air when it comes to really you're not in a three three five like Odom you know was running last year. You're seeing guys, Trey and Coat. When, when your defensive ends are 6'4 and 6'6 and 280, I mean 270, you know, you've got yeah. the size. You've actually, and I know I've said this, but talking about the offense, you know, you're talking about they finally got the SEC size when it comes to their their defense and they're wreaking havoc on on teams. My, my biggest worry is with the offensive woes, they get worn out. They get worn down you know when when you're happen to carry the team on your back and and really be the catalyst of your team if if they can really cause some turnovers if they can really get after milro and not really let him run all over the field but having the guys and the athletes like you do that that really helps me think that this team this defense is going to be able to have success getting after him now again whether that transitions to, you know, not allowing touchdowns or anything like that, because that all depends on field position. Sure. Uh, I'll throw with special teams in Max Fletcher punter. I mean, he's he's averaging 46 yards a punt nice. and had two or three over 50. So he Arkansas has been able to really flip the field when it comes to punter. Then you throw in Cam Little. He had two field goals over 50 yards the other night. So things are looking really good. It's just the offense – clicking is being the biggest puzzle piece missing for this team.
1: It really does. I went back and looked at, uh, you know, some of the box scores, you know, Ole Miss, LSU, uh, who am I forgetting, A&M. a and yep. A lot of points scored by the opponent in the fourth quarter. And that can yep. speak to a defense wearing out. And, uh, you know, maybe that's where Sam is going and if we can do, we're going to keep running the ball. If we can get some first downs here, that's obviously going to help the defense. But if we can possess the ball, uh, that's going to help our defense as well. And there's a couple of these games where maybe enough points were scored, but they're in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, and you can't blame the defense for, you know, getting tired at the end of the game. So maybe uh, a couple of minutes change the time of possession can make a can, can make a big difference. Well, is that, you can't crazy? Have is that crazy or is that what the discussion in town is? Well, mine is you can't have turnovers and clutch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, because
0: look, you're talking about momentum, momentum swings. And if your defense has been holding its own and then you throw a pick six, it's been holding its own and then you get a fumble. Or the other night, you know, you're you're ahead. You're up on Ole Miss. You throw an interception and then they score to go ahead in the final minutes. It really just – you talk about that deflation. And it carries over back into the offense. Once – you know, you're, it's, you're playing up and you're playing down and you're trying to get back up and then you get let down. I mean, a lot of that is wear and tear. I mean, you talk about stress. Yeah. And how much that can really wear you down over a course of a game. You know, that, that's been the biggest thing. If If the offense can start putting drives together throughout the game and then lack of turnovers, you're making – again, there's two or three of these games you could have won – But the turnovers in the offensive line and penalties kind of kept you from winning some of those games.
1: You know, there's only so many times you can roll that rock up the hill, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Talk about uh, how big of a surprise was. I'm going to talk a character in the secondary. How big of a surprise loss uh, was it when uh, Jaden Catalan uh, transferred to Texas?
0: Well, th- there's just an inside hatred between Arkansas and Texas that go back to the Southwest. Card. Right, right, right. You know, they're, they're he could have gone that. anywhere. It <laughs> could have been anywhere, but he goes to Texas. Yeah. I don't think it was much of a it, a deal now. I mean, I think that was more of a fans than it was the players. Yeah. You asked me that question last year, we're we're singing a whole different tune because he was supposed to be that captain. Yes. He was that captain, and he got hurt, and that really – you know, that's what we are lacking coming into this year. But now you've got Jeff Coat, Paul, Chris Paul, and, you know, Landon Jackson. You've got some guys, some guys in the defensive side that are, are vocal. They're vocal leaders. And then you've got Travis Williams as your defensive coordinator. Really, you could see the is really meshed this year. And, and when we talk about what can be done in, in a year's difference, I think the defense doesn't get enough credit on how far they've come this year, especially with the new coaching staff, because they've really held their own. And and still, during this four-game losing streak, you see they fought to the end until, uh, you know, things kind of got out of hand.
1: Yeah. I think you're looking at my notes. uh, You've kind of teased out uh, where I want to go with my next question. But, uh, you know, Arkansas, uh, if Arkansas has – Significant success on Saturday. If Arkansas, you know, turns it around the second half of the season, what had to have happened for that to be true?
0: You you have to, I mean, it you run, you gotta be get the, be able to get your run game going. Look, I mean, they're they're 98 out of 130 when it comes to rushing. I mean, just when when you're rushing, I think at one time they had rushed the ball 56 times for 51 yards. And I made the comment that in one kick by Cam Little, he had more yardage in one kick than Arkansas had in 50 carries. You cannot run the ball 1.2 yards or 1.3 yards per carry in the SEC, especially in a Danny Nose offense where you're you're not running a spread style offense. You need to. And, and also, if, if you're running, your running game's not there, and you know K.J. is going to be taking the ball, a quarterback sneak, they're just going to key on K.J and now you've taken a whole dimension of your offensive way, he's not really been that productive when it comes to throwing the ball. He's not had a 300-yard passing game in I don't know how long. So when you're respecting an offense and you know, well, all we got to do is shut down KJ, we got a 75% chance of winning the game just by shutting him down. And then if you start going out of that, the the win probability even goes up. But you've got to start blocking. You've got to eliminate penalties. And, again, I've said this so many times on this interview is it starts up front. you yeah. got to start walking and get the run game going to have any success, especially against Alabama.
1: No yeah, that makes sense. Porter, I'm gonna get you out of here on an easy one. Uh, who's your favorite hog all time this team or all time
0: Man, my favorite hog of all time I, I want to go Matt Jones. Because this was a guy that, and it's it's tough to pick. And the reason why I'm going Matt Jones is he was one of them guys, tall, lanky kid that when, when you see him, you don't see him running a 4-3-40. And there was so many people that underestimated him as a passer, as a quarterback, because he was a mobile guy. But I'd seen so many people disrespect him of the fact they thought they had him, and then he just blows right by them. Yeah, uh, just how electric he was, just just the charisma he brought, what success he had, and um, at Arkansas. But he's he's my favorite. I know the easy answers, Derry McFadden, or or you know somebody like that. But I'm 41 years old. I can even go back to Quinn Grovey, Barry Foster days. But Matt Jones was my favorite one because one we played against each other in high school, and to watch him, you know progressing, the just the excitement he brought, the the games in Little Rock, the miracle of Markham's against LSU. You know, that is that that's who I would pick as my all time favorite Razorback.
1: No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, well, you called me out and you read my notes. Uh, I was gonna say, Derek <laughs> Fadden. uh, I yeah. shouldn't like him. Uh, I shouldn't love him as much as I did because boy, he had some big days. He had some big days, at yes. but uh, what a joy he was to watch. I always love a good running game, and uh, boy, I know the Hogs would, uh, love to have so, someone of uh you know have that kind of production uh the second half of this season. Porter we appreciate you, uh, appreciate having you on. Uh I'm a am I'm, a, I'm not going to go full on good luck Saturday but uh, uh <laughs> we're going to you know, need that's it. the look, nature look, look. of
0: it. You can go full on cuz we're going to need every ounce of it. I, uh, well, I, I'm going to be catholic this week and I'm going to mass uh, on Wednesday night and, and 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 Saturday morning. So, you know, we we're going to need all the candles lit that that I can can get on this one.
1: <laughs> well, you know, definitely rooting for you guys the the rest of the way, uh, like, you know, kind of like we've talked about big, uh, big fan of Sam Pittman. Uh, I like the personality that that he brings uh, a lot, you know, it's a lot of fun, again, from a distance, but, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, rooting for, uh, uh, rooting for you guys, uh, rooting for you guys the rest of the way. Uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, thank you for, uh, for joining us Porter. We appreciate the conversation. No problem. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Take care. And we're back. What did I tell you? That was a great conversation. Again, Porter Hayes with the Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe Podcast uh, Network. Great conversation. Great guy. And uh, man, we had an incredible conversation off, uh, sort of off air. And he was talking about uh, his high school football team and the uh, the hillbillies and uh, the helmet and uh, all kinds of great pictures. And, uh, in fact his, uh, his helmet, his high school team helmet is on the Marty and McGee show as part of their uh, their scene. So uh, really cool stuff. Uh, really uh, fun conversation with Porter and uh, it was great to have having, uh, having him on this evening. Porter, we appreciate it. Uh, Alabama fans, thank you for tuning in and uh, don't hesitate drop us any questions. Alabama football podcast at gmail.com or find us out on the Interwebs Alabama football podcast. Uh, with that, Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Aye. Of course. Roll Tide.